Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. NBA free agency this weekend was pretty wild. I hope you're on your way to a fabulous fourth. Hope you had a great weekend. And uh, the Kings and the California Classic is underway. Kings and Warriors in a little bit. If you want to get in on the program, you know the routine. You raise your hand. And we will put you right on. But the Kings, uh, again, they got a lot done. They didn't really add a lot in terms of new faces like maybe you thought, but they got a lot of good things done. All right? I mean, they really did. I thought it was a very productive weekend. And, you know, the season doesn't start until October. So uh, there are still trades out there. There are – I still think the Kings need – a veteran backup point guard. Uh, they did sign Alex Len for a little depth on the front line as, as a backup. But uh, I think if they could, you know, solidify that backup point guard position, uh, then it would be pretty amazing. You know, uh, I, I, I like what they've done. All right. I thought they had a very, very good weekend. I mean, they're pretty well set for the future now with the extension for Sabonis. They got Fox from last year, signed, sealed, and delivered. I mean, when you look at their roster, uh, it's pretty solid right now. So I think, you know, if you're going to examine the Kings from top to bottom, they're a pretty solid team. There are a lot of other teams that were stagnant during the free agency period, Portland being one of them. And so Damian Lillard wants out, right? Uh, You look at some other teams in the West and, you know, what about Dallas giving Kyrie, you know, that type of money? Like, is that going to work in Dallas? Maybe the team that came out swinging more than any were the Houston Rockets. I mean, you talk about a team that is not waiting around now, I, I don't know if Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks, that new backcourt with the other youth, puts them into the playoffs. I know Houston certainly thinks so. I mean, they got a very young team other than those two, and it's an intriguing team. I think Oklahoma City is going to be a playoff team this year. I like them. I, I think they're going to be very good. Um, not sure about Minnesota. And when I say I'm not sure, they were very disappointing last year. You know, the Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns did not seem to work. They got a young emerging star in Edwards. They've got a deal for him. Now, and they did deal for him. In other words, they they, they gave him the, the extension. The Jazz, to me, eh. You know, they're not bad. I like the Jazz, but I mean, I'm not ready to put them ahead of Sacramento. Uh, the Spurs... They're not there yet, obviously, even with Wemby. Phoenix, to me, is an aging team, and I I can't take them seriously because of the history of the injuries. They have done a lot. Uh, The Warriors signed Draymond, but again, they're an aging team. You know, the Lakers, to me, I don't know about. The Clippers, to me, no. So it's going to be interesting. Now you're going to get that. You know, the meat of free agency is in the books. So now what are you going to do with trades? Because there will be some trades. There will be some trades. So if you want to get on the program, you know the routine. You raise the hand. I'll put you right on. Fourth of July tomorrow, so I will not be doing a show tomorrow. 
and we'll come back with you on Wednesday. All right, so our next show will be on Wednesday. Uh, All-Star game coming up next week. You've got Wimbledon on the way. you got the Open Championship, which is right around the corner. So you've got a lot going on with uh, particularly uh, the NBA taking center stage. July 1st is always wild. And this year, they was actually, you know, the evening of June 30th. I mean, it was wild. Those first couple of hours on Friday were unbelievable. They really were. They were incredible. It's a lot of fun following all of the transactions uh, in the NBA. You know, I did a rant on this today. You know, listen, if I'm Portland, I don't have to trade Damian Lillard just because he wants to be traded. I'm not giving him away. You know, if a team wants Dame, they're going to have to come up and make it worth my while. Plain and simple. Yeah, I know he's been a great blazer. You know, consummate professional, all of that. Although I don't like the way he shut it down last year. I'm not a fan of that. But, you know, if I'm Portland, I'm running a business here. You know, I'm not I'm not trading Damian Lillard just to make him feel good. You know, I'll try to trade him. I will definitely try to accommodate him. And I think the Blazers should. What have they done? They haven't done anything the last four years. Nothing. You know, the last two years, they were the 13th seed. The year before that, the eighth seed. The year before that, the sixth seed. In the last four years, they haven't won a playoff series. So I think it's about time. You know, it's about time you move on from Damian Lillard. I mean, try something different. And if you can get a good deal, get a good deal. But if not, then, you know, you can stay in pat. So there you have it with Portland. Any other teams, you know, Denver to me is still going to be very good. They lost one key player uh, to Indiana and Brown, but they're, they're still good, right? They're still very good. I, I think they're right now on paper the, the best team uh, in the West. So, so, you know, October can't get here fast enough for a lot of the teams. I don't think there's that dominant team in the West, and I, I'm going to include Denver in that. I don't think there is that dominant team. I mean, who would it be? I mean, let's just say you say, let, let's let's just put Denver on the back burner for a minute. Let's put them away. Who's the dominant team in the West? Now, there's always a team that seems to emerge, right? There's always that team. If, if Phoenix were able to stay healthy, it could be that team. All right? That could be the team. If they remain healthy. You know, I didn't mention Memphis. Memphis gets Rose back. They get Marcus Smart in the trade. They signed Desmond Bain to a mammoth deal. Steven Adams is back. I mean, Memphis could be very good. I don't know what they're going to do in the first 25 games without job, but then he comes back. I don't know if I would say they're going to be a dominant team. I could see Memphis being pretty good. I could see Memphis being pretty good. Dominant? I'm not ready to say dominant. I can say pretty good. I think right now, when I look at that team, I could put them top four in the West. I could put them top four in the West. All right, let's start this show off with Connor. Connor, welcome. How are you today, sir? Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. So I wanted to start with some other news with the perfect game from Domingo Herman, and I just think it's such a bad job by the MLB to give him co-player of the week. A perfect game comes around once in a million, basically. It's been over a decade, and yet he's co-player of the week with Shohei Otani. I know he had a great week, but it's just it's pretty embarrassing that they can't just give him the honors himself. It really is. Uh, I didn't even notice that. But, I mean, you throw a perfect game and you're co-player of the week. I mean, and I know Otani has been doing it all. And I know it, it seems like every time it comes up, he's sending a ball in the orbit. He's getting the job done on the hill. But, I mean, uh, that that is a little hard to believe. You know, I wonder if that's a lack of respect for the Oakland A's as much as it anything. You know, and I really mean that. I wonder if they're thinking, well, you know, he had a perfect game against the A's. And so... But I'm with you. How do you throw a perfect game, which rarely happens, especially now, considering pitchers rarely go past the sixth inning 
we're seventh inning, and you don't. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even realize that. That is hard to believe. You're right. Yeah, I just don't get it. And then with the Kings, all these moves that they've made, it's pretty much signaling to me that Monty McNair thinks that he can run it back with almost the same roster. And I mean, I don't see why that's a problem. They're the three seed in the West, and maybe some of the Kings of the West from the last couple of years could be getting worse. So I know a lot of people are seeing it as a negative that they haven't improved with getting new players, but they have this core locked in for like the next five years. So I think he's doing it now. So you have the flexibility to make big moves later on. I don't think it's a negative. I mean, you know, you can always make a trade, you know, it's not like you're prohibited from making a trade. So there's that aspect that's still always out there. I don't think it's a negative. I look at this weekend as a positive. If I'm looking at it from Sacramento's perspective, I mean, again, other than Denver, who's got a superstar in Nikola Jokic and maybe another one in Murray, if you just don't even talk about them for a minute, who in the West right now has a better roster than Sacramento? Yeah, I don't think that there's anybody. And I think that has a lot to do with what DeMontis Sabonis did. Did you see the report of he took less money so the Kings would have yep. more flexibility? And I mean, obviously, I know he's already getting over $200 million, but I mean, he could have gotten greedy and taken more money for, I mean, his family and stuff. But, I mean, I just think that shows that he's a team guy and he's all about the team and he's just not an individual guy. Yeah, and he wants to stay here. He's got a house in Napa. Uh, he loves California. Um, you know, at some, I've said this for years. You know, at some point, how much money do you need to live the life of luxury, right? I mean, so you know, when you're talking about 200 million, and again, that's gross, that's not net. But the point is, how much money do you need to be happy? So yeah, he gave the Kings a little bit of a discount, but it's not really costing him anything. And if he wants to be on a winning basketball team, it makes sense. I'm really surprised that more players don't do this, to be honest with you. Yeah, with all the news of all these young players getting max extensions with Bain and LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, I kind of saw a question posed on the internet that if Michael Jordan was just coming into the league, how much money would he be making on these contracts? He only had about $90 million in salary earnings in his career. And now you got guys like LaMelo Ball signing $260 million. And you would think Jordan would be able to get close to a billion dollars in contract. I don't know because there is a max that you can pay somebody. So I don't, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't, know, I don't know about that. I mean, you can only pay an individual. Uh, the max is the max. You can't go over the max. So, I, I, I mean, in terms of total revenue, it would be unsurpassed in team sport. That's for sure. I think we could safely say that. Yeah, and last thing with the California Classic starting tonight, do you have any interest in that or do you think it's pretty no. meaningless? Mm, I, I don't think it's meaningless. I think it's fun. I think it's good for the city of Sacramento. You know, for the first couple of years, I announced all those games and I had uh, fun doing that. It was a, quite a bit of work uh, preparing for a, a lot of players that you never heard of before. But I don't think it's a waste of time. But um, does it mean anything going forward for the season? No, it means nothing. I'm not a fan of Keegan Murray playing. I don't think he should be playing. I think it's wrong that he's playing. Um, I don't understand it, but no, I don't know if I would call it a waste of time, but I mean, does it mean anything going forward to, to October? No, but it's always fun. Like I remember doing the games when Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson were, were rookies and Hero was so good and you knew that he was going to be really good. And then Robinson, you're like, wow. Uh, and then bam out of bio, you know, so I did, I did the games when all those guys were playing and I remember hero and Duncan Robinson, particularly where you said, wow, these guys are going to be really good, particularly the hero. So there's, there's always that diamond in the rough that you see and you're like, wow, okay, this guy's going to be a hell of a player. You know, I mean, there are guys like that. So, so no, it's not a waste of time. It's fun for the fans. It's a good event for Sacramento. I mean, it really is. It's a really good event for Sacramento. Yeah, so what you said brought up another question. You said with seeing Hero and Robinson, so do you think the competition in the summer league, you think it can really show that a player is going to be really good in the league when 
they're playing against a lot of guys that will never play an NBA game? Great question. I'm going to answer it this way. You can tell when a player is not going to be very good that you drafted. Because if you have a lottery pick that does not excel in the summer league, more times than not, that player will not be worthy of his draft selection. In other words, if you are a high pick in the NBA and you do not shine in summer league, chances are you're never going to shine. Now, there are exceptions, but that's generally the rule. I can give you examples with Sacramento, Thomas Robinson. Marvin Bagley didn't shine in summer league, did he? Right? I mean, he we, we everyone was waiting for Marvin Bagley to, to look like the, wow, Marvin Bagley never happened. Okay? Uh, and there were other examples. Jim Fredette is an example of that. Okay? You, you do see from, now conversely, look at Tyrese Halliburton. He was really good in summer league, right? Look at last year at Keegan Murray. He was really good in summer league. I mean, I can go on and on. You should look really good in summer league if you are a high draft pick because you're going against, as you put it, competition that's not going to be in the NBA. They're going to be playing in Europe. They're not going to be making it into the NBA. So I've always been concerned when I see a high pick, and by high pick, I'm talking about a lottery pick, that does not look promising in summer league. I mean, if you're a high pick in the NBA, you don't look good in summer league, then I can tell you the front office of those teams are going, uh-oh, we took the wrong guy. That's that's exactly what happens almost every single time. And what do you think with the Spurs resting when I don't know what it's called, if it's resting or just preserving Wembenyama. I know he's played a lot of basketball recently, but do you think – What are you preserving any- him for? What are you preserving him for? He's 19 years old. I got to worry about how much activity a 19-year-old kid's been doing? I mean, it's absurd. It's ridiculous. I mean, you think he's played any more than anyone else that's 19 uh, that, that's coming into the league? Hell no. I mean, it's absurd. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. I mean, it really is. Is it because of what happened to Chet Holmgren last year at the, in Seattle? Right? You know, that that event in September. I mean, you can get hurt walking down the street, right? I mean, so I think it's absurd. You know, when you say he's played a lot of basketball, name me a 19-year-old that's entering the NBA or 20 that hasn't played a lot of basketball. Seriously, name me one. They're, they won't, they, that's all they do. I got to worry. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, got to be careful with a kid that's not even old enough to legally go into a bar and buy a drink. I got to worry about that kid from a physical fitness and a attrition. No, I don't. I don't have to. I mean, it's absurd. It's a joke. Yeah, that's what I don't understand because, I mean, maybe not in Webb and Yama's case, but most of these kids, I mean, they play AAU basketball from an early age, and that's where you have usually tournaments where you play games back-to-back in the same day. So I just don't get when they reach the NBA – why, I mean, I know it's faster pace and increased chance for injuries, but I just don't get why all of a sudden now it has to be a much more safer approach to your players. It's what's wrong with the league. It's exactly what's wrong with the league. And the problem is these teams have too many medical personnel that work. I know I lived it in Sacramento. It's absurd. You know, the, the, by the way, you want to hear an interesting, people don't even know this. A couple of years ago, Vivek thought it was a great idea to have one individual oversee the whole department. And they hired an individual that was not qualified to be in that position. Okay. And because of that, the head athletic trainer, Pete Youngman, left, who's one of the very best trainers in all of the NBA, and his assistant left. Okay. You had an individual who was basically in charge and she left the organization a year ago. Okay. To take a similar position with the Pittsburgh Penguins and everyone in the organization in the back room, so to speak of the Kings, they were so happy to see her leave. She's already been fired after one year of that role with the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
So here's the point I'm trying to make. Okay. Teams have these quote unquote experts who think they have to reinvent the wheel when it comes to the human body. And the things they do now, and again, some of it is good. It's not all bad, but it's like what we see in Major League Baseball, okay, with how they now deal with pitchers and the absurdity of pitch counts. And yet, what happens? You go to any ballpark in America as a kid, and there is a game on the concourse. Oh, for $2, you get five balls with a radar gun, and we can see how fast you can throw the ball. It's the worst thing in the world for a kid, okay? But when kids are being evaluated coming up through high school, okay, what are they judged on? How fast do they throw the ball? I don't know if you know who Tommy John – well, I know you know who Tommy John is because of Tommy John surgery. Tommy John in the 70s was a tremendous left-handed pitcher. Okay. Tommy John was a great pitcher. Look it up. Tommy John probably would not have gotten a look by any major league scout if he were in high school today because he threw junk and he threw off speed stuff. But he was at the at a period of time the best pitcher in baseball. All right. He was great. I mean, so times evolve, things change. I understand that medical technology is different in 2023 than it was in 2003 or 1993. I'm fully aware of that. I'm fully aware that we understand more about the human body and the stress on a human body now compared to 20 years ago or 30 years ago. I get that. But it's gone overboard. It, it's, it, it's ridiculous. Okay. Because when I can watch a Carl Malone, with his body and his physique, play every single game, year after year after year after year after year after year, and practice every single day. Jerry Sloan told us. I mean, we would talk to Jerry Sloan about this all the time. Carl Malone never missed a practice. And you know what? Same as Larry Bird and Jordan. So that era, in that way they played. They didn't have as good as shoes. All right. They didn't have nearly the training facilities that they have now. I mean, I can go on and on. Why is it that all of those players were able to play 82 games a year, almost without fail, in a much more physical brand of basketball? Go watch the highlights of the Lakers and the Celtics when Kurt Rambis and Kevin McHale played. Go look at highlights of the bad boys, of the Pistons. Okay, when they were winning championships, Bill Lambeer, Rick Mahorn, Dennis Rodman, uh, Vinnie Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars. Go look at how they played. And you know what? They played every game. Now, all of a sudden, the game is not nearly as physical. You have better equipment. You got better training regiment. You've got 50 freaking trainers involved with every team. And now you got to back off. What? Why? Like, explain that to me. If the human body has changed that much, no, it hasn't. It's the ridiculous nature of these quote-unquote experts that organizations bring in, and they feel like they got to reinvent the wheel. It's absurd. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's why I think a guy like Harrison Barnes has so much value now because – Thank you. I mean, the best – the best ability is availability. And he was only one of three guys, I think, that started all 82. So in today's right. NBA, it's the exception, not the norm. Okay. And here, all right, that's a great example. So Harrison lives in the training room. And what I mean by that is he gets there early, goes through his regiment, does the hot tub, the cold tub, does all of that, does all of his stretching, does it all. After games, very often, he'll be the last guy to leave. Why? He's in the cold tub. He's in the hot tub. He's getting his treatment. He takes care of himself every single day. You know who else used to? Who else does that is LeBron James. I mean, yeah, LeBron's breaking down a little bit, but he's 38 years old. 
So these guys take care of their bodies. All right. They take care of themselves. Yeah. They have, you know, a lot of help with technology, you know, whether it's the, uh, the, the chambers or whatever the hell they get in, the, you know, whatever, you know, you, you know where I'm going from. Right. Um, but they do it and they do it without fail every single day. And so what happens? They end up playing every game. They practice every day. So, you know, a lot of it has to do with work ethic. I just think the players are baby now and in their mind, they're brainwashed where they need to be told, I need to back it off. You know, you, if you told Carl Malone to back it off, he would slug you in the head. Okay. If you told Larry Bird, you got to back it off. They would basically look at you and go F you. Okay. That, that was the mentality. You tell Harrison Barnes to back it off. He would laugh at you. Harrison would never curse at you. That's not his MO, but he would laugh at you. Okay. There are certain, I mean, the mentality now of our young athletes is babying. I mean, they really are. They're babied for lack of a better term. They're babied. It's absurd. I've watched it. I've seen it. So it's, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It's a joke. Yeah, just look at Damian Lillard at the end of last season. If he could have just said, I'm playing, but, I mean, he he must have agreed That's to be shut down the rest of the year. He must have. And, and, well, you remember the first game after the All-Star break? They just had nine days off. And you remember the Blazers had some mechanical issues and they had to fly in the day of the game. And they ended up not playing three other starters that game, including Damian Lillard. Why? Why? Because you can't go on a one-hour plane ride the day of the game. You just you just had nine days off. You're going to tell me if Damian Lillard had walked up to the, the general manager and the coach and said, that's bull, bullshit, I'm playing, they would have said, no, no, you're not. I mean, it's absurd. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. I mean, it really is. It's an absolute joke. Yeah, that's why I don't understand it, because you look at Harrison Barnes, you said he he's one of the hardest workers. He trains, practices, and plays yep. every game. And then yep. guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who sit out every other game, they're still getting hurt on a consistent basis. Okay, but he, here's the difference between Harrison Barnes and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has undergone serious surgeries. Okay, Harrison Barnes has not. So structurally... Kawhi Leonard's body is not Harrison Barnes' body. So, so whereas I can look at them and say it's a different example, I'm not qualified to say that Kawhi Leonard is fully repaired, surgically sound, and should be playing every day. I, I can't say that. I don't know. All I know is when you look at the medical history of Harrison Barnes, and the medical history of Kawhi Leonard, they're completely different. So there, there, there are circumstances, Connor, where you might be more cautious with a player because of a recent surgery. So there, there is that. However, how is it that a guy like Adrian Peterson, the, the great running back, had ACL surgery years ago was back playing and starting as a running back in the NFL nine months later and didn't miss a game the whole year. You know what I'm saying? So there, there are things to me that just don't add up, okay? There are things to me that do not add up and don't make sense. But you got to be careful if you're just going to compare a Harrison Barnes to Kawhi Leonard. I mean, if you look at their medical history, it's substantially different. Yeah, that's a valid point. That's all I got today. Are you still going to be on YouTube tonight? No, and I'm not, it's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up. No, because I don't want to go head to head with the California Classic and with the fourth, but I will be on Wednesday, okay? All right, sounds good. See you later. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, let's move on. Let's get to uh, Jerry right here on this busy, busy July 3rd. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Grant. How are you, sir? Thank you for having me. I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Grant, listen, uh, you know, I, you know, you and Connor, you know, you know what, Connor's really good, Grant. I mean, you know, the man yep. is very educated. Uh, He's I mean, great. I, oh, my God. You know, you guys can go for hours, Grant, and I would listen. But, Grant, I have a couple things, Grant. Um, 
Do you think the NBA grant is going to survive uh, the way the game is being played now, Grant, with all these whiners? I, I'm just like, I am so sick and tired. I mean, of every little call. I mean, you know, they're like, it's me. You know, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. It's like, just shut up and play the game. Seriously. It's going to survive. As long as people buy tickets and watch the games on TV, it will always survive. Now, if it gets to a point where baseball was at, then they're going to have to make some dramatic changes the same way baseball did. I think they need to make changes. I've been a proponent of this for many, many years, and I don't understand why the NBA is resistant in terms of uh, stopping this constant harping of officials. And most people that work in a league agree with me. Unfortunately, the league has gone so woke, and they feel that you know because the league is predominantly black, that it would be looked upon as a big time negative that they would be trying to put the harness on a league that's predominantly black. And so they are afraid of doing that. And I know that to be true because I've talked to people in the league office that have pretty much backed up my claim on that. It's a joke. They're afraid to rein in their players. They're afraid to uh, make the league more watchable they understand that a lot of people don't like the complaining. And I'm going to mean people. I'm talking about the fans. Yes. But they understand that there would be a backlash from the players, that it would involve a racial component, and they're afraid of doing it. And that always, is the it, truth. It, it, you know, Grant, it's always freaking racial, Grant. I'm just like, oh, my yep. God. Just, Our right, whole country is racial now. Yeah, Our whole right? country. Everything in the United States has to do with race now. It's a joke. I mean, it's an absolute joke. There, every single thing has to do with race. I mean, again, look at the Supreme Court decision, okay? Uh, I mean, everything is about race in America. Name me one thing that's controversial in America, just one thing that's not involving race. Everything involves race. It's a joke. I mean, it's an absolute joke. I mean, listen, I I, I hate to get political, but I've I've been reading... Uh, you know, the mass shooting in Baltimore over the weekend, right? right? It has not been getting a lot of attention compared to most mass shootings. And then you go on social media and you look at uh, people that, well, it's because the shooter who is still at large did not fit the narrative, right? Everything has to be like checks and balances. It's like, okay, well, this is news because this person that committed this crime's ethnicity is this. And, oh, no, this doesn't fit because their religion and ethnicity is this, they're, uh, well, we can't talk about this because that individual happens to be transgender, where, you know, I mean, the whole thing has to do with, I mean, even though that's not race, but the, right. the point I'm trying to make is almost every single thing in America now involves race. It's a joke. It's it, it's an absolute farce. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's, 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 it, we're, we're not getting we're not getting better as a country when it comes to race relations. We're we continue worse, to divide. Right? We're of course worse. we're getting worse. It's 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 awful. It's terrible now. It's awful. And one of the biggest reasons for that is because too many people want to make things that have nothing to do with race about race. Right. That's the biggest issue that I see. Too right. often people want to make an issue about race when race has nothing to do with it. It's a joke. And, and, and here's the other problem that I see is that when a black person wants to win an argument, all they have to do is go to the race card and they know that they're on an island and nobody can touch them. No, I'm serious. You know, I'm right. Grant, Grant I know you're right. right Grant. You're 100% right. right. And you know, Grant, uh, I just, you know what, how in the hell did you know? Cause you said this a couple months back that there's going to be plenty of layoffs from ESPN once they hired Troy Aikman and Joe Buck to start doing the football games. How did I know that? Very simple. Common, because you know what, Jerry? Common sense. Okay. Common sense is that when you pay an announced team a total of $2 million a game, give or take a couple of dollars, okay? $2 million a game times 18, okay? You're paying two announcers for the season, roughly $36 million, okay? That tells me right then and there that there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be unemployed in the very near future. Now, it also coincided 
with uh, cable companies across America dropping ESPN or charging a premium or what have you. So their subscriptions have gone down too, but you cannot pay. And, and, here, and I said this the day it happened. Whoever made that decision should have been fired because Jerry, I don't want to speak for you, but I'll speak for me. Right. I'm watching Monday Night Football, regardless of whether it's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman or you and your wife in the broadcast booth. I'm right. still going to turn the game on. Okay. Right. I'm still watching the game. I'm not going to watch Monday Night Football. I'm not going to turn it off because I'm going to say to myself, oh, gee, you know, I'll give you a better <laughs> example than that. I'll give you a better example. I can't stand to listen to Tony Romo. I can't. I, I just, so I when I watch think, a game, I nobody can. Wait, wait a minute. When I watch, when I watch the number one game every Sunday on CBS, because they do the number one game, very often, I will just watch the game silently. I will turn the volume down, but I still watch the game. All right. The fact that I despise Tony Romo as an announcer doesn't make me not watch the game. So why would I pay Tony Romo a million dollars a game? Why, if I'm ESPN, would I lure Joe Buck and Troy Aikman from Fox and pay them this ridiculous amount of money, knowing full well that it's not going to make a difference in my number of people that are watching the game? And I know in a short period of time, I'm going to have to call people up on the phone or bring them into my office and tell them they're no longer employed here because we can't afford to pay them. Why would I do that as an executive? Makes no sense. Now, if, if that increased my ratings and I know I had to do it to attract an audience, that's one thing, but it doesn't. People are watching Monday Night Football regardless of who the announcers are. Stupidity. Grant, you know, Grant, I remember you saying, Grant, on one of your shows that uh, when you were doing your show on uh, on your balcony and uh, somebody from far away said, Grant's rant, Jeff Van Gundy. Yes. Okay. Jeff now, Van Gundy. Yep. Grant, you know what? Where the fuck was Mark Jones on that list to be let go? It's embarrassing. I mean, seriously. It's uh, embarrassing. Well, it, you know, it, it is embarrassing. Uh, it's disgraceful. And the other thing that's embarrassing is the fact that only one person, one person in the entire Sacramento media, Jason Anderson, questioned something that Mark Jackson has done with his egregious list of just unthinkable text messages and things of that nature on social media. Only one person in the entire Sacramento media, TV, Radio, print, all of the Sacramento media, only one person has talked about it. And that's Jason Anderson of the B. Ask yourself, Jerry, well, why is that? Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself why no one from any radio station in town, any TV station in town, or any other quote unquote journalist from print media has called up the Kings or NBC Sports California and said, wait a minute, I don't understand this. You fired a broadcaster who flubbed a word, which was Negro, right? and it came out wrong as the N-word, and you fired him, but you have an individual that's on your network. Exactly. Countless number of times a year, here are his list of egregious racist tweets and you allow that why is that how come nobody does that how come nobody calls up the president of the kings or goes to vivek courtside when he's standing there before the game and say with a tv camera hey vivek i'm so-and-so from news 10 channel 13 i got a question for you do you have a problem with the racist tweets that your tv announcer puts out how come that doesn't happen jerry explain that to me well, Grant, I can give you a couple words, Grant. No balls. No balls, Thank Grant. Thank you. All right? There you go. Grant, listen, you know, I just want to ask you one more thing. Uh, do you think the players uh, like Jordan, McHale, Parrish, Bird, you think their careers would have lasted longer, Grant, if the NBA was not physical at that time compared to what it is now? Yes, absolutely. Yes, no question about it. Larry yeah. Bird in particular would have uh, with his back issue. Yes, right. I don't think there's any doubt about that. No doubt. Hey, uh, I don't, uh, even... Uh, 
Even you don't even have to go back that far. Go back, right. uh, you know, even in the early two thousands when Shaq mm -hmm. played. I mean, I, I know Scott Pollard told me his career was cut short because of the charges right. oh. uh, that he used to have to take against Shaquille and the way the game was called. Right. So, I mean, yes, yes. But, I mean, you could say the same thing about the National Football League, too. And, Grant, let me ask you one more thing. Uh, do you think the Kings could compete uh, against Denver this year? Uh, they can give them uh, maybe for the uh, yes. conference? I think the Kings right now, uh, if I'm looking at – if you give me all the teams mm -hmm. in the Western Conference and you put their rosters down in front of me and I have them all on my desk, who has a better roster than the Kings right now? Right. Mm -hmm. And Grant, you know what? Uh, before I let you go, sir, uh, you know, once again, thanks for taking my call. But I just have to say this. Uh, you told me about a week ago or, you know, may, uh, probably less than a week. And you, you know, do my research on the salary cap. Grant, I still try to figure it out. I can't. Can't. So I'm sorry no. I don't have an answer for you, Grant. No, don't. Jerry, don't do that to yourself. That's like torture. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. Please don't do that to yourself, Jerry. I mean, it's oh, we got Fourth of July tomorrow. You know, it's a holiday. <laughs> don't don't do that to yourself, would you please? Oh my God. Grant, thanks for taking my grant. Call Grant. Love See you, you, buddy. All right, bye thank bye. you. All right, all right. If you want to get in on the program, uh, please do so. Easy to do. Just raise your hand, and we'll get you right on. Love love the calls today. It's been a lot of fun so far. So tomorrow, no show. We'll all enjoy the fourth together. And actually, a lot of people are off work today. I can't believe all my friends. I'm like, you're working today? Nope. 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 I reached out to Sean Salisbury because we always do our shows on Mondays. I go, hey, buddy, you working today? He goes, no. Holiday weekend. I'm not working. I'm like, I didn't think so. And I'm looking at you know my other friends. I'm like, you working today? No. Well, it's not a holiday. I'm not working. I go, you working today? Huh? I go, are you working today? No, I'm not working today. I'm like, okay, well, just checking. It's not a holiday. You know? No, I'm not working. I'm like, okay. All right. So I'm working. I'm doing a show. Absolutely. Doing a show. Now, tomorrow, I'm not doing a show. You know? Now, if, if something major were to happen tonight or tomorrow during the day, yeah, I would do a show. Absolutely. But that's the only way. All right. And then Wednesday, let's see, Wednesday, I'll do a open forum Wednesday here on Listen App. And then I'll do a show. Mm, why don't I do the show on YouTube Wednesday evening? We'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll see what the uh, game times are for the California Classic, and we'll go from there. All right. We'll go from there. But uh, if you want to get on, just raise your hand and I'll put you right on like Zach. Hey, Zach, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing okay. Um, I wanted to talk about Marvin Bagley for a second. Okay, go um, ahead. So I, I didn't, I don't know if I really watched a lot of his summer league games, but um, the thing that concerned me about Bagley in his rookie season was that he was very good coming off the bench, but then there was that phase, I think it was like the last, what, 10 games? of the season he started. And then when I remember when he started, he didn't play very well against starter level competition. And then he didn't, he didn't play well at all his entire rookie season because first of all, he was hurt too much. You know, I mean, he got hurt right out of the gate in the, I believe the first game of the year against Phoenix. I uh, correct me. I think he broke his thumb and he never oh, really yeah, got any groove. He was, he was hurt all the time. Are, are you referring to the second season? Because I thought it was maybe it was the second season, but even in his rookie season, he was hurt all the time. He was hurt all the time. So I have a question. Okay, let's say this: I would say Marvin Bagley had a better rookie season than second season. That's fair. Yes. Okay. So would you say that was it part of it? Just Luke Walton's system? Just no. Bagley had nothing to do with Luke Walton's system. So you think it was just Bagley himself? I mean. Look at his career right now. I know he's right? pretty much a bust. Uh, now he's not a bust. See, people use the word bust too strongly. He started for the Detroit Pistons last year. When you start in the NBA, you're not a bust. Okay. Now, is he worthy of a second round pick? No. If the draft were held all over again, okay, 
he would not be a lottery pick. But he's still playing in the NBA, and he started for an NBA team last year. You can't start for an NBA team and be a bust, okay? That's just a bust is Thomas Robinson, okay? That's a bust, okay? You're, but, but Marvin Bagley's not a bust. He's just a guy that was taken wrong in the draft. A bust to me is somebody that can't play. Jimmer Fredette was a bust, okay? That's the definition of a bust. Jimmer Fredette was a bust. Marvin Bagley's not a bust. It's just that he was not – he was drafted improperly, but he's not a bust. I mean, he's still so, playing and starts for an NBA team. He's not a bust. So you're saying even like a top three pick, if they don't have like a, like a two, three-time all-star career, they're just like an average – No, 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 no. You don't have to be an all-star, but, I mean, you – you again, Jimmer Fredette was taken what? Ninth or tenth? Something like that, yeah. Whatever. Okay. He was a bust. That is the definition – of a bust. Okay. That's a bust. That you know, a guy that in a, in a guy that in, in, you know, three years later is not in the league anymore. Okay. That's a bust. Okay. Guys that are lottery picks and they don't even get a second contract. Like I'll give you a great example. De'Aaron Fox was taken fifth in the draft. Josh Jackson was taken fourth. Josh Jackson is the definition of a bust. Okay. That, I mean, he, Marvin Bagley is not a bust. Josh Jackson, a big time bust. He's not even in the league anymore. Okay. That is a bust. Markel Fultz is also, would be to me, a definition of a, of a, a bust. Anthony Marvin Bagley is a disappointing second overall pick, but he's not a bust. I mean, again, he's starting in the NBA for a team. Okay. Also, so you're saying um, you think Sacramento's a top three, four seed this uh, this season? Well, I'll ask you. Who, name me four teams, or not four teams. Name me three teams right now in the West that are clearly better than Sacramento. I don't know about clearly, but I mean, obviously, Denver. You got to put Denver in that conversation. All probably. right, so there's one. Name me. I need two more. I mean, here's the thing, like. Obviously, just give me the teams. Maybe Phoenix, but who knows? They could be a crapshoot. Okay, I agree. Um, I don't know. There's some hype around the. So you just answered your own question because you can't you can't name me three teams. So you just answered your own question. You just answered your own question. You just answered your own question. So yeah, they are up there. Well, again, they were the third seed last year, when I, and I think that they probably were not a legitimate three seed in, in retrospect, but they were, they were the three seed. Who's, I, I, again, I asked you to name me three teams. You can't really do it. I can't I know, do it's it. Tough. I, can't, it's I, can't, tough. I can't name you three teams right now. I mean, I look at a team like the Warriors. They're an aging team. They're breaking down in front of our eyes. Why would I put the Warriors out of Sacramento? If you told me that, you know, Curry and Chris Paul and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green would play 70 games and, and be healthy for the playoffs, then I would say they're better than the Kings. But I don't think that's going to happen. If you told me that Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant would play 70 games at least and be healthy for the playoffs, I would say they're better. All right, Denver's better. But, I mean, there are big ifs with those two teams. I'm looking at Sacramento, and I'm looking at their roster, and I can't really come up with three teams right now that are clearly better than him. I can't do it. I, I, I don't. I mean, there were maybes, as you said. There were maybes. Memphis might be a maybe, right? They could be a maybe. But I, again, the Kings roster looks pretty good right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. I just think it's so crazy, like how, like last season, then it looks like this season as well, that there's going to be so much uncertainty in this Western Conference. I don't think this has like never been happened before. Well. All right, so Sacramento 12 months ago. At least in my life. Sacramento 12 months ago was just another team. Many people didn't have them even going to the playoffs. I was one of them. Now, all of a sudden, look where they're at. There's always a team that you don't talk about that makes that jump. Every year, there's that team. Is that team this year going to be Oklahoma City? Could very well be. I like their team. What happens if Chet Holmgren is really good in addition to what they already have and what they did in the offseason? Maybe Oklahoma City is that team because they got Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Or is it going to be a Utah or a Minnesota? Or, you know, th- there's always that team. And then conversely, 
there's always that team that you think is going to be really good. Last year, we thought Dallas was going to be very good. We thought that Golden State was going to be very good. We thought that Minnesota, based on what they had done the previous year, was going to be very good, and they fell back. So, you know, it goes both ways. Grant, what do you think Dallas is doing with signing Kyrie to a three-year? Like they were five and eleven with him and Dodgers. So, I, why the hell would they resign him? Like, unless it's just like Kyrie wants to sign there. I, I personally money. feel they were five and eleven. I put it more on Luca than I put it on Kyrie. But you know, at the end of the day, your record is your record. It really doesn't matter whose fault it is. But I think that Luca is extremely difficult to play with. I think it is. It takes a very Luka. special. I, I think it's a very it takes very special players to understand their role and accept the role. I think he's very challenging to play with. Okay, so to say through like thirty games that uh, Mavs are like just subpar five hundred, could you see one of those two superstars being traded? Yeah, of course I could. Absolutely. Oh, gotcha. I don't. I think. It, I don't. I don't think it would be Luca though. Or wait, I, don't, I don't think that. You know. So we'll see. Wait. Would Kyrie be eligible for a trade by that mark? Um, I believe he would, yes. Okay, gotcha. That's all I got, Grant. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good stuff. I'll have to look that up. I'll have Jerry. Jerry, there's your homework assignment. You can let Zach know if uh, Luca would be eligible, or excuse me, if, they could, if the Mavs could trade Kyrie after uh, the trade deadline. Or excuse me, before the trade deadline, not after the trade deadline, after a certain period of time. That's your homework assignment, Jerry. So when you call next time, you have the answer. All right. All right. So no show tomorrow. And then we'll do a show here, open forum Wednesday. On Wednesday, I'll do a YouTube show on Wednesday as well. Have a fabulous fourth, everyone. Have a fabulous fourth. Take care now. Bye-bye.